We are a publisher of standards. We are the platform for creating standards and we are the platform for distributing standards. I think it's important to understand that standards are not just documents, standards are knowledge. Standards are used by different industries and are used for different purposes. So sometimes standards are used just as a source of inspiration. Sometimes standards are used because you have to comply with the standards. Certification, for example. So there are different uses of standards, there are different kinds of standards. If I have a good team, I have more flexibility and, and I'm more relaxed in spending my time in what I need to spend. Trusting people makes uh, sure that I can spend the time I need in, in the really areas that are needed for me. This is Siana TV. My name is Hendrik Deckers. I'm here today with Johan Halterman, who is the chairman of the executive committee at NBN and a member of the ESO Council. A very warm welcome, Johan. Thank you, Henrik, and thank you, CIUNOT, for having me. Thank you. Johan, you have a Master in Industrial Science from the Erasmus School in Brussels and a Master in Business Management from the VUB, also in Brussels. Uh, your career has been all about IT. You worked for PwC in IT Audit. You were a partner at Grant Thornton, and since 2012, uh, you have been appointed as Chairman of the Executive Committee at NBN. So, Johan, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Who are you really? And how did you arrive in this position? Well, I started my career uh, in uh, 88 mm -hmm. at IBM, uh, in the IT business, obviously, yep. uh, and at different jobs in, in the IT sector, mm -hmm. uh, until uh, I arrived at PricewaterhouseCoopers in a position of IT auditor. Mm -hmm. And from there on, at PricewaterhouseCoopers, you do different stuff, yep. and you go more into, well, management-related uh, activities like yep. risk management, internal audit, and uh, so, hence, uh, I moved my career from IT more towards more in business management, actually. Okay. And so, today, uh, you are leading uh, NBN here in, in Belgium. So, in two sentences, Johan, how would you describe NBN? What is it that this organization does? We are a publisher of standards, uh -huh. right? Um, we uh, create the standards. We are the platform for creating standards. Mm -hmm. And we are the platform for distributing standards. I think it's important uh, to understand that standards are not just documents, mm -hmm. standards are knowledge. Yeah. And what we actually do uh, is capture the knowledge of experts in Belgium, worldwide, mm -hmm. and make this knowledge available to companies, to industries. Uh, so actually, I would say we're not in the business of standards, we're in the business of knowledge management. Okay, super. So, standards, knowledge management, but let's call them standards. Yeah, of course. And so, but as uh, Simon Sinek would say, let's start with the why. Why are standards important in business and society today? Standards have different benefits. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, uh, standards are an agreed way of working, mm -hmm. of doing things. That's yeah. important if companies want to work together. Mm -hmm. They define, for example, quality. Mm -hmm. They define, uh, for example, safety. Mm -hmm. Uh, they define how things are tested, how things are produced. Yep. So in, in, in a value chain where companies work together, mm -hmm. or even with administrations, yep. it's important to have agreements. And actually a standard is an agreement on how to do things, how a product is defined, mm -hmm. how a service is defined. Yep. So it's a, it's a way so that companies and organizations can work 
well together in a safe way, in an optimal way, uh, we could say. And so let's, so can you give us an example of what kind of standards and how many standards are there and what kind of standards are there available? Interesting question. We have um, approximately uh, 40,000 standards mm -hmm. uh, that are developed uh, by experts around the globe. Yeah. Um, and standards are used by different industries, by many industries, and uh, are used for different purposes. Um, one of the reasons uh, companies use standards actually is to get information to be inspired by, by, by uh, getting access to best practices. Mm -hmm. So sometimes uh, standards are used uh, just as a, a source of inspiration. Yep. Uh, sometimes uh, standards are, are used uh, because you have to comply with the standards. Okay. In certification, for example, mm -hmm. ISO 27001, I think in the IT business, is a, is a well-known standard. Yep. So there are different uses of standards, there are different kinds of standards. Yep. So standards for certification, standards just for, for, your, for your use. Uh, so different ways of using standards. So 40,000 different standards that you manage. So there must be many, many different categories. Right? So is it about food safety? Is it yeah. about, uh, I mean, traffic, uh, industrial? Everywhere, uh, products, uh, tiling, uh, floor coverings, uh, clothing, uh, sizes of clothes, of shoes. Uh, an A4 is a nice example of a standard. Yeah. Uh, containers on ships. Yeah. Containers are standardized, otherwise you would not get them from a ship, on a train, or a truck. Yeah. So you need to standardize not only the container, but also the ship, the train, and the truck mm -hmm. are standardized. Okay. So in many ways, standards are used. Yeah. And the thing is, most people don't see the, the real use of standards, because it's obvious. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes if you reflect on it, yeah. you have standards, I would say, you have standards everywhere. Yeah. So Johan, NBN, you say, is a publisher of these 40,000 standards. What does that really mean? How does NBN work? Actually, NBN is a, a pretty small organization. We are about 20 people, but we have uh, outsourced a lot of our activities mm -hmm. to sector federations. Mm -hmm. uh, and that makes us more agile. Mm -hmm. uh, our role is to make sure that standards are developed in Belgium yeah. and that standards are used in Belgium. Yeah. So um, I might perhaps explain how standards are developed because that's an interesting point and an important point because it's not just let's sit together and let's develop a standard. There are really processes and procedures to make standards trusted documents, yep. trusted knowledge, mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a whole process behind uh, developing a standard that makes this standard a credible, uh, trusted document. Mm -hmm. um, so we uh, actually, we bring together experts. They work together at different levels, Belgian level, European level, international level. And they come together, they create a document, and then the countries can vote on the document mm -hmm. to make sure that the document, the standard, the piece of knowledge yeah. we have captured is accepted mm -hmm in each country, and there's a whole procedure of voting, a bit like the United Nations, perhaps, okay. right? But to come, in the end, to a standard that has been accepted by a majority of the countries participating in standards development. Yeah. So we represent Belgium, mm -hmm. and we make sure that Belgium stakeholders, and mainly companies, of course, yeah. 
uh, accept the standards we are developing at an international level. Okay. And that makes it a trusted document, that makes it a trusted knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, so as a publisher, uh, you have explained to me, you have the four different steps. Creation is the first step. And then, you have, so you have create, use, learn, and share. That's what we, that's an interesting point, actually, because, uh, as I said, I inspired uh, me on, on uh, the Seki model in knowledge management from Nonaka and Takeuchi. Mm -hmm. uh, the Seki model uh, is about knowledge management at a company level. Yeah. I have translated this to a macroeconomic level because we are there for companies. We are a macroeconomic actor, yeah. right? And we capture the knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and that's the create part. Yep. We capture the knowledge and we create the standard. Mm -hmm. um, we combine the knowledge because we have a catalog of 40,000 standards. So we help companies finding the right standard. Yep. That's the use part. Yep. The learn part is, again, make sure that the standards we have can be used by companies, by people uh, in the field, mm -hmm. in, in production, yep. right? And then in the second model, the first letter actually is uh, S, socialization. What we do is also, apart for creating the documents, we have experts that come together. Mm -hmm. They are a network. Yep. And that's the socialization part. Experts exchanging information on their uh, knowledge, on the standard, on, on the information they have. Okay. So you're really active in, in the creation part as well. Huh? So yeah. in, in, yeah. And, and because the standard, by definition, is almost international, uh, always international, yeah. right? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, actually, in the past, we had only Belgian standard, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, but with international trade, and especially with the European Commission, mm -hmm. um, uh, with the free trade of, of, of goods and, and no borders, uh, we want to make sure uh, that uh, companies can use the same standards mm -hmm. throughout Europe. Yeah. Uh, and you can imagine that, let's say we are 35 members in, in Europe today, uh, if every country would have its own 40,000 standards multiplied by 35, yeah. it would be a nightmare for companies to export to other yeah. countries. Now, we have a beautiful system. We create a standard in Europe mm -hmm. and we withdraw a contradictory standard in Belgium. So we have one set of standards for all, all Europe. Yeah. And that makes trade much more easier. Yeah. If, you, if you produce tables, yeah you can create one table for all Europe. You don't have uh, access limitations to, to other countries yeah. uh, because uh, your table does not conform the national standard of yeah. Romania or Poland yeah. or Germany. Maybe an, an, a good analogy or, or a bad analogy or a bad example is electricity plugs. Yeah. That is still different in every European country. And we know the pain that you have if you travel around and you need to have your adapters and so on and so that's, on. That's a good example. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Hendrik. Uh, and, and I would not say we are perfect. There's a long way to go still. Uh, there are a lot of needs in, in standardization. Yep. Uh, and indeed, uh, there are some reasons why uh, we cannot achieve uh, standards uh, mm -hmm. or standardization. Uh, electrical plugs, for example, is, is one uh, example. Uh, though we are moving in, 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 in good direction, but there are also, uh, it might surprise you, but sometimes there are some cultural aspects to standardization mm -hmm. because the, 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 the uses, how people do things in certain countries can be different. Yeah. In construction sector, for example, mm -hmm. you see that in Holland, for example, houses are constructed, built 
in, uh, even if you use the same materials, the concept of a, a house in, in Holland might be a bit different than in Belgium. Yeah. It has to do with the sizes of the windows, uh, how you, you uh, pipings, you put them in the interior or the exterior, yeah. for example. So it can be uh, different in, 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 in some countries. Yeah. And, and I would say it's more about a cultural and, and the habits yeah. of uh, people in certain countries. Yeah. But the more, I absolutely see the point, that the more things are standardized, the better collaboration is. I mean, just imagine that the trains would still uh, ride on different sizes of, of tracks that uh, then they, they would have to stop at the border. That was not the idea. So let's talk a, a little bit more about standards in IT. What, what are there the more most important ones and how are they used today? I believe there are a lot of standards uh, in IT. Uh, so... Uh, a few hundreds, uh, I guess. Um, but for me, there are, I would say, two categories. Mm -hmm. uh, you have IT management standards, mm -hmm. uh, like the ISO 27001 and the whole series uh, about the basics of information security towards cybersecurity or other areas. Yeah. And, and then you have more the technical standards, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, really at the technical uh, level. Um, of course, and, and I'm aware of that, that there are many different standardization bodies in IT also. There's not only ISO, right? No. Um, but, uh, well, IT developers, uh, users, uh, innovators have to choose the right platform for developing standards. But ISO, I would say, is uh, on a global scale the most credible and largest platform for developing standards, yeah. anyhow, also in IT. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about ISO. I understand there's, what is it, 166 different national bodies that are part of that, and you're a member of that, the council as well. How does that really work? Well, we are a member of both uh, CEN and uh, ISO. Mm -hmm. CEN mainly to develop European standards, yeah. and ISO uh, to develop standards at a global scale. And which standards are developed where has many to do with, with the international dimension of standards or the European dimension mm -hmm. of specific requirements yeah. like European legislation that requires mm -hmm. uh, standards for, for example, the CE marking. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about protection of customers, uh, protection of the environment and, and areas where we have CE marking are, for example, uh, toys, uh, are uh, electronic devices. Mm -hmm. uh, machine safety. Yeah. These are really European legislation where they refer to European standards mm -hmm. and where ISO standards, international standards, are not at the right level. Yeah. So we set the bar higher in Europe in yeah. certain areas, okay. but in our other areas we collaborate on, on a global scale. Okay. Now, we're here in, uh, in CRNet TV and so our audience is, is IT uh, leadership, digital leaders, uh, CIOs, why uh, do uh, CIOs and IT leaders, why do they need to be concerned about standards? I perhaps would not say concerned, but interested. Mm -hmm. uh, because, as I said before, uh, you have standards at the management level. Mm -hmm. And I think every manager, every CIO, uh, should be aware of, of certain aspects of, of, of standards and how standards can, can help their organization, mm -hmm. be it information security, yeah. But I think in IT, green IT, uh, environmental uh, management, for yeah. example, uh, can, can be important. Uh, health and safety, you might say in IT, it's perhaps not that important, can be. But for each manager to decide what is important, of course. Yeah. But we have, we have uh, standards at the management level and, and they can bring insights to IT managers. 
And of course, depending on the industry where you are, uh, it's important um, uh, to, to see which IT standards are, are, are used. And the third area, I would say, is more in the area of innovation, because what we see is we get more crossover standards mm -hmm. uh, between uh, classical industries and IT. Could you give an example? In the construction sector, mm -hmm. right? Uh, smart buildings, mm -hmm. where you get a crossover between environment, products in building, but also use of IT to make the whole thing smart. Oh. Uh, smart textiles, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I think the, the, the future is also the, the more, and that's what we see actually, yeah. with joint committees between different areas, uh, because in innovation, we cannot stay with classical industries in vertical silos. Yeah. We see, that, and especially IT, you see especially IT taking a part, uh, a role in, in, in different, I would say, classical industries to make things more smart internet of things and 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 uh, etc okay you mentioned sustainability as a, a, a top on the agenda of uh, most organizations nowadays i mean uh, the, um, the general awareness has been created companies large uh, companies are really working on their strategies and on their net zero uh, targets and and so on and so on could you give us an idea how um, what, what kind of standards are available in the area of sustainability and how they are being used? There are a lot of standards uh, about sustainability. And if today you talk about sustainability, I would talk about the SDGs, mm -hmm. the Sustainable Development Goals. Yes. And with ISO, we have done an exercise of mapping the ISO standards to the SDGs. There are oh, yeah. 17 SDGs. Mm -hmm. uh, and where you see that in, in some areas there are not so much standards, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but in certain areas, there are a lot of standards. Uh, if you have uh, the area of where innovation, for example, there's an SDG about innovation and, and business, of course, a lot of standards. Yeah. Uh, if it's about uh, CO2 reduction, there are a lot of standards. If it's about clean water, there's a lot of standards in, in that area, yeah. waste treatment. So in certain areas in, 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 uh, in the SDGs, yeah. Uh, there are uh, a few hundred standards and others uh, less, of course. But I would say in general, in each SDG, yeah. there are standards. So standards are a tool for me yeah. to help companies to implement the SDGs because that's what we see and that's a difficulty for many companies. Well, yes, we have the SDGs, it's a high level mm -hmm. thing, but how as a company will I implement the SDGs? Well, uh, I would say standards or a tool. No. It's not mandatory. Choose, pick the ones that are important for you, uh, but they are a source of inspiration and they are a tool to implement the SDGs. Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, your organization, NBN here in Belgium. So um, you are leading this now since for more than 10 years, right? 10 years. 10 years. A bit more, a bit more than 10 years. Uh, so we right. just celebrated your 10 years, Thank I can you. imagine. Thank you. And so, uh, <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the culture and, and the organization style of NBN. Like you said, we, you, I mean, you work international with a lot of different bodies, you work with the industry and so on. So how would you describe the, the company culture of NBN? When I arrived at NBN uh, 10 years ago, actually, we, are more, uh, we were more as a, I would say, reactive uh, organization. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we have developed a strategy in, in 2013 to make uh, NBN more customer-driven. Mm -hmm. uh, my focus uh, when I arrived at NBN was making NBN more uh, customer-driven 
and uh, geared towards value creation. Value creation for our customers, for our stakeholders, but yeah. also for ourselves from a financial perspective. Mm -hmm. And so you had to uh, change the direction of the ship mm -hmm. towards uh, another way of working, actually. Yeah. And, and uh, that's where we actually, and I'm very interested in your question and in, in organizational culture, mm -hmm. because for me, culture is the behavior of people. Mm -hmm. There are different definitions, hundreds of definitions. Yep. But for me, the simple definition is that culture in an organization is a sum of the behavior of the people. It's yep. what customers and stakeholders see. If you pick up the phone, how long it takes to pick up the phone, uh, how you are welcomed, how you write your emails, yep. for example. That's also about, about uh, culture. Yep. And uh, where we are today, I think we had... Uh, we have huge difference with 10 years ago. I think today we are more customer-driven, yeah. uh, uh, more geared towards value creation. We have worked on process efficiency. Mm -hmm. And uh, a bit in, in, in um, I would say, in the philosophy of the balanced scorecard, it all starts with, with competence. Mm -hmm. You need the competence and competent people uh, to have efficient processes to be customer driven yep. and to create value. Okay. And, but, and, mm -hmm. and, sorry, and, and uh, actually, uh, as I said, the culture uh, is the behavior of the people and that's where it all starts. Yeah. So you mentioned customers. Who are really the, the, the main customers of uh, NBN? We have different kinds of customers, uh, especially uh, if you look at, at organizations that uh, are using standards. Mm -hmm. Um, we have different solutions, by the way. We have a web shop where you can buy standards, but we have also a SaaS solutions mm -hmm. uh, where we give access to a library of standards to yeah. the company on, on a fee-based model. Um, uh, and we have a lot of SMEs using standards mm -hmm. uh, and of, uh, a lot of large organizations uh, being multinationals uh, to also public administrations who yeah. use uh, standards. So we have different kinds of, of, of companies and, 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 okay. and customers. So I also understand that over the last couple of years, there's been a, a, quite a transformation of and a digitalization process uh, of, of, of your business. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? What, what's the, the, the current platform that has been implemented and what are the principles behind that? I think it's important to also um, shed some light on, on the history of our IT, actually. Mm -hmm. We come from, uh, and, and since 10 years, we had a, an architecture which was based on, on open source, mm -hmm. uh, which, is, which is fine, but for us, uh, with a small organization and a, a very small IT team, um, it's difficult to, to manage uh, open source technology because uh, if you're not careful, uh, you have different technologies, you have different kinds of databases, mm -hmm. different uh, programming uh, languages you use. And it's difficult, again, it's about the people, it's difficult to have an aligned approach uh, towards these things, uh, also for hiring people the right skill set. Yeah. Uh, because today you develop uh, applications in, in PHP, tomorrow in Python, uh, and, and the next day in another uh, force, it's what's difficult to, yeah. to, to have an aligned approach. And therefore, we made a decision two years ago mm -hmm. to move towards Oracle. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's more straightforward, uh, and, and we uh, analyzed it, mm -hmm. and we made, a, I would say, a analysis of the, of the possible uh, solutions uh, in this IT architecture alignment exercise, and, and for us, Oracle was the best fit, 
and, and we believe that it will reduce our total cost of ownership of, of our IT uh, I would say architecture yeah. even. Yeah. So you made a shift from own development in, into more standard platform based on, on Oracle. Uh, so I also understand that low code is, uh, is an important yeah. practice nowadays. Can you talk a bit about that? Indeed, low code has, I think, uh, was for us uh, the way uh, to go because in our business, what we want to develop for our customers, it's not that complicated. It's mm -hmm. just front ends we want to develop that uh, disclose the, the content in databases, yep. right? So as a publisher, you have a lot of content uh, and you want to make this content available yep. to your users, actually. Yep. Very simple at first sight, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe the IT people uh, in my team will say, it's not that simple, it's more complex, yep. but I'm a simple guy, so for me, everything is simple. Uh, so uh, we have a lot of content. We have uh, more than 40,000 standards and metadata. Uh, and, and we have to manage that content, we have to, to publish the standards and make them available with the front ends. Yep. And for developing the front end, it's, it's not, uh, we don't want to use or develop complex front ends. It's very simple. It's find standards yep. and download standards, uh, use pieces of the standards. Yep. So we are really based on, 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 on uh, the front end we have chosen yep. for low code uh, development. So Johan, You've implemented a more customer-oriented uh, culture, a more value-driven uh, culture uh, over the last 10 years. Uh, and you've implemented a, a new, uh, I, I, together with your team, a new platform. And, uh, so where do you spend most of your time these days? Hendrik, it's an interesting uh, question. Uh, I, I generally not think, don't think about, about this. Uh, but if I reflect on it, I think before answering your question, it's important to um, say that uh, it's about developing a good team. Mm -hmm. Because if I have a good team, I have more flexibility and, and I'm more relaxed in spending my time in what I need to spend. Yeah. Um, so uh, we have uh, a very good management team now and, and a good uh, uh, staff team. Uh, so, so, which makes it possible for me to spend my time more at, uh, for example, uh, international activities, uh, ISO Council, yeah. um, uh, send meetings. Uh, in, 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 uh, I'm also active at the European level in, in uh, um, uh, steering the European standardization, steering the ISO international uh, uh, standardization. And of course, I'm still interested in, in, in certain areas, but mm -hmm. I've got good people in different uh, domains. So yeah. I trust them and, and for me, uh, Trusting people uh, uh, makes uh, sure that I can spend the time I need in, in the really areas that are needed yeah. for me. So you have your organized, your organization is, is well organized. You have a good management team, good staff. Um, and so what I'm interested in is, is really to understand a little bit more your leadership style, because managing is one thing, organizing things, but leading uh, is, is another thing. How would you describe your leadership style? I think I'm a positive leader, if that means anything, anyhow. But with positive leader, I, I, I mean that I have a lot of trust. Again, it's a people thing. Mm -hmm. If you recruit the right people, you can hand them over some responsibilities and you can, you can trust them. So yeah. I'm a positive thinker. I trust people. I give a lot of responsibility. Um, I want people to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, to create an agile organization. Yeah. Um, that's, um, that's important, I believe. 
Um, an example um, I can give uh, is uh, in, in that thing of, of uh, creating responsibility for people is I don't work with job descriptions. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. Okay. I just want, I create roles. We have different roles for different people. And in the roles, I have responsibilities, mm -hmm. right? But how you fill in these responsibilities, you get the tools, you get the budgets, you get, you get uh, whatever you need to yep. fill in your responsibility, mm -hmm. right? But I'm not interested how you do the things. Yep. I'm interested in you're responsible for a certain area and you deliver and you create results. But therefore, you need trust. I'm not a micromanager. Mm -hmm. I just say these are the roles, responsibilities, yep. and we deliver. We deliver for our customers, we deliver for our stakeholders. Yep. If I would go to your team uh, tomorrow, uh, Johan, and I would ask them with, um, and, and talk to them, what, what do you think they will say about you? And what do you think they say to each other at the coffee table when you're not around? How do you think they are perceiving you as a leader? The good, the bad, oh. the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> oh, oof. Uh, okay, interesting. Um, I, I would say, I would tend to say, ask them, but I mean, they're not here. Uh, I think, I think, and that's a bit how I see myself, of course, also. Uh, but I, I am, my, my strengths are, are, I'm a kind of a creative person, mm -hmm. uh, innovative, uh, perhaps a bit visionary, of course. Um, um, so, uh, looking to the future, mm -hmm. looking forward, more strategic thinking. Um, this is the good. Uh, I guess the bad would be, and, and, and I, I acknowledge that. I know that from this is my weaknesses. I'm not a person interested in administrative tasks. Mm -hmm. I know that. My, my, my colleagues know that. So, not a problem. Uh, so, uh, this is a bit uh, who I am. Uh, again, what I said before, I, 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 I give a lot of uh, trust to people. Yeah. Um, and I want, I try to make the people also uh, kind of um, create a future for the people also. Mm -hmm. One of the things when I recruit somebody, what I say is your role, you have the roles and responsibilities, your role has been defined for 80%. 20% create the role for yourself. Yep. Create for yourself, for your career, for your job, for you as a person. Create your own opportunities within the organization. Of course, within the strategic perspective of MBM. Yep. There are opportunities for people to develop themselves and create new activities, new roles, new yep. ideas. So, uh, as a creative person, I expect um, all, all MBM members to be to be creative also and to be engaged also, of course. Yeah. I'm also a very engaged person uh, uh, about, about um, uh, NBN. I come from the consulting business. Mm -hmm. uh, I started 10 years ago, as I said, at, at NBN, which was new to me. Mm -hmm. But the more I, I am within standardization, the more I think exciting it, it is uh, yeah. because you are confronted with, with the international dimension, with the economic dimension, with mm -hmm. companies, with customers. Yep. There are some financial aspects, of course. Technology is a, a huge driver for us to, to move forward yep. and, 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 and to create opportunities. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm very excited uh, about uh, NBN and about the opportunities we have. 
not for ourselves, but to help customers, to help companies in Belgium yeah. uh, mainly. Um, Johan, we live in special times. There's a recession around the corner. There's huge inflation. There's a supply chain crisis. There's an energy crisis. Uh, and, and consumer uh, confidence uh, is, is, is very, very low. There's global instability. There's war going on. Many, many challenges for organizations today. What do you see is the, do you see any impact of that on your business, on, on what you are doing today and how you help your clients? I would say we're not, we're not there to change the world, mm -hmm. to be frank. We are there to help companies and to, to help economies mm -hmm. to perform better, yeah. to create efficiencies, to, to solve problems in value chains. I don't claim we are there to change the world. Mm -hmm. We have not that ambition, to be frank. Uh, but what I, I do claim, actually, uh, and not for NBN, but for standardization and standards, is that we simplify the world. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, especially in, 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 in troubled times, yeah. uh, I, I think it's very important to create stability. Standards mm -hmm. help to create stability in value chains. Yeah. And that's our role. Uh, so we will not solve the, the large world problems, yeah. but we can help help to, to provide the tools to solve the problems. Be it, we discussed earlier on about sustainability, uh, climate change, yep. uh, net zero, these things. Uh, this week we have published for free a standard on net zero okay. that companies can download for free. Most of the standards you have to pay for. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, especially if it's uh, something which is uh, societal, very relevant today, uh, COT with, with the COP27, we have made the, the net zero standard uh, available for free. Okay. Uh, so to show that we have a role to play, uh, again, we will not change the world. We give the tools to change yeah. the world. Okay, super. By the way, on we have a conference next in two weeks on uh, the, the, the race to net zero. Maybe we could distribute that, uh, uh, that standard in that, in that conference. Maybe. I'd be happy to do, for you to do that. So, Johan. What is it that really drives you as a leader, as a manager, as the, as the, the chairman of the executive committee of, at, at the MBN? When at the end of the week on a Friday, late afternoon Friday, when you go back home and you say this was a great week? Again, a question I, 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 I don't reflect upon, but I'll tell you something different if I can, if sure. I may. In, in the recruitment process, when I, when I started 10, 10 years ago at NBN, one of the questions that the, the, the recruitment committee asked me, what is your ambition? What do you want to achieve? And the answer for me was simple, and that's me. That's me, of course. It's, I want to create an impact, mm -hmm. to have a legacy, to uh, leave something behind that is worthwhile, uh, not only for the organization, but, but as I said, standards are, are tools for, for companies and, and, for, and, for, and for an economy. Uh, so where I can create an impact. And that's for me, uh, I don't look at it as a daily or a weekly thing. For me, it's the long term. I'm really, uh, uh, from a strategic perspective, I'm, I'm thinking long term. And for me, it's important to create an impact. What that impact will be, I cannot say today. No. But we want to, each time, with uh, innovative solutions, uh, with our customer-driven uh, approach, yeah. we want to create an impact in the long term. Uh, and we see that, for example, that our customer base is growing. 
uh, on an organic uh, uh, basis, but but uh, is is growing. Our revenues are growing, um, and and uh, I can tell you also our customer customer satisfaction we have worked on uh, has also uh, grown over the years. Okay. So uh, that's a kind of not perhaps the answer you would expect, <laughs> but 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 how I see things, uh, and and really I'm a long term uh, long term thinker. Yeah. So for me, it's creating an impact in general. Yeah. So that's really clear that that is what, what drives you. So Johan, uh, let's. Uh, so thank you so much for your time, uh, for this uh, for this interview. And so I would like to uh, to end with uh, the question: uh, You have made quite a career uh, in IT and business now, leading this, uh, this 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 important standards organization here in Belgium. Our videos are watched by professionals, young professionals, ambitious young people. What is the advice that you would give them? Things that you have learned in your career that uh, could be interesting for them? An advice, a few things I've learned in, in, in my career, if I, if I reflect upon. Mm -hmm. um, one thing is seize opportunities. Don't be shy mm -hmm. about opportunities. But that's me, the positive thinker, of course. Yeah. Uh, but don't be shy about opportunities. I think it's important. Uh, that, that uh, one sees uh, opportunities. Um, one thing, um, and that's more my DNA. Another thing I've, I've learned throughout my career, and where as a person I've, I've grown, I believe, is the people thing. Mm -hmm. I, I am not a people person, mm -hmm. I would say. But I've learned throughout my career to be, and especially uh, if you want to, to, to work with people, to lead people, you have to become a people person. Yeah. And I believe, I'm not a perfect people person today, but I believe I've grown in that role and, and people are important because, and especially in our business, it's about people. Yeah. It's about, and we talked about culture, mm -hmm. uh, about teamwork, uh, about uh, being busy with customers. These are also people, of course, stakeholders. Yeah. So to take care of people, your own people, but also your customers and, and the human side of business. Uh, because, and especially in technology, uh, uh, sometimes we think, per, think perhaps more about the technical side, mm -hmm. and, and that's the exciting part. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think the, the exciting part is exciting, of course, but I, I think the, the human part, I'm, I believe, is the most important uh, part. The human part in our job, the people part. Okay. And on that note, Johan, thank you so much for your time. It was really a pleasure. Henrik, thank you very much.